0: This is Abacus. I'm Bob, the CPA. My guest today really didn't know what to expect when he started with the IRS Criminal Investigation Division.
1: They sent me the federal job application. I filled it out, not knowing what a special agent was, not knowing what the Criminal Investigation Division was, no internet to do any research on it, but it just sounded interesting.
0: But now, after three decades, he has no trouble getting me up to speed.
1: Uh, Mail fraud, wire fraud, Ponzi schemes, mortgage fraud, bankruptcy fraud. We have people on the Joint Terrorism Task Force here. We follow the money. We are forensic accountants that happen to carry a gun and make arrests.
0: Find out what it takes to have a successful career inside the IRS, even if you don't think accounting is right for you. All this coming up on Abacus. Let's go. Learn everything you need to know to have a successful and fulfilling accounting career. Whether you're on the partner track or you're making your own path, this is Abacus. Hello and welcome back to The Abacus Show. This is season three, and that means every episode spotlights an interesting and unique accounting job to help you get a better idea just how many options are out there and maybe help you find your next job. In this episode, retired IRS agent Rick Adams is going to share the lucky way he started his career what skills the IRS looks for in a new hire, and why tech companies are scrambling to hire accountants with money laundering and forensic accounting experience. But before we jump into the interview, I've got to tell you, if you're already out there looking for your next job, or if one of these interviews inspires you to go out and find something better, then you're the reason I created Abacus U. It's my private membership site I created to help accountants like you learn the skills you need to find your next job. Inside is everything I wish I knew when I was looking for my first job after public accounting. It's the stuff they don't teach you in school, and you're too afraid to ask your boss. Stuff like the right way to draft your resume, or how to systematically put LinkedIn to work for you to get in touch with recruiters and find a better job in your area. And more courses are being added all the time. If you want to speed up your job search and avoid the embarrassing mistakes I made along the way, come over and see what's inside. Just pause this episode real quick and come on over to abacusshow.com learn and take a look around. All right, that's enough for me. Let's get into the episode with Rick Adams. May as well start at the beginning. Would you mind telling me, did you do anything prior to uh, working at the IRS, or did you go straight into the IRS after school?
1: I went right into uh, the IRS after school. Uh, I went to college back in the late 70s. At that time, the economy was was pretty shaky, actually very shaky. And my whole goal was to, to get a degree in something in which there was a job at the end of four years. And after I did some research, I discovered that accounting was uh, all, accountants were always in demand. So it also helped that my dad was a CPA and had his own CPA firm. Uh, initially, we were thinking that when I graduated, I would join his firm and sort of take it over eventually. Uh, that didn't happen. When I graduated, what I what I discovered is as I was going through. Uh, school and, and taking the accounting classes, I definitely had an affinity for accounting and, and numbers, but I had no interest. And uh, But I persevered and went ahead and finished off with the accounting degree, but my heart really wasn't into accounting. Uh, I graduated in 1982 and did, in fact, work about two weeks for my dad uh, for his CPA firm. Uh, I was put on an audit for about two weeks, and that's when I absolutely knew that I did not want to do public accounting, tax preparation, and auditing. Those were not something I was, could imagine myself going through life doing. Um, it just wasn't part of my personality profile. I'm not saying anything negative about that. People do it all the time. My roommates in college are all CPAs. Uh, all have their own firms. All are very successful. It just wasn't up my alley. Uh, so after a couple of weeks, I stopped working there, went back to waiting on tables and wondering what I was going to do, and through a, a series of, I don't know what you really want to call it, luck, hate, or serendipity, I stumbled onto the special agent position with the Internal Revenue Service Criminal Investigations.
0: And so I can imagine that was a scary time for you, because I, I also have some friends who've gone through accounting and then did the whole degree, started working, and they're like, eh, I'm going to do something the exact opposite. Uh, what was kind of going through your head when, at that time? Were you were you freaking out internally, or were you just kind of like, well, I have a degree, I'm, I'm sure I'll find something?
1: Yeah, I, more, more the second. I always figured I would find something. I, the beauty of the accounting degree, and the reason I stuck with it, even though I did not enjoy the classes, is that... In the business pyramid, I've always felt, and, and my roommates and I all agree that that the accounting degree was the highest degree in the business field or in the business department of education. So if you are an accountant, you can do finance, you can do management, you can do marketing, you can do entrepreneurial, you can do all the things below what we consider below accounting. But if you have a marketing degree, you can't do accounting. If you have a finance degree, you can't do accounting. So I always figured that you know, go to the top, get the best degree I could, whether I had an affinity for it or not, or a love for it or not, I always figured I could make it work. And that's exactly what happened. Um, Luckily, I think that the accounting degree, because to become a special agent with the IRS criminal investigation division, uh, it doesn't necessarily require a degree in accounting, but it requires so many courses in accounting, you might as well have the degree.
0: And you you mentioned you kind of lucked into it or, you know, happenstance kind of took you to the IRS. Do you remember exactly kind of where you found that job? Did you network it with people and they mentioned they had a job or did you get on, uh, like go and talk to one of the recruiters or how did you even find the IRS? Uh, it seems like, especially pre-internet, it must have been difficult to uh, to network and find jobs like that.
1: Yeah, it's actually a, a, a sort of a – and then when I say fate or serendipity, I, I actually mean it. Uh, um, like you say, there's no internet back in 1982. And so I was stumbling along trying to see how I could make it work. And I, at, back in those days, I stumbled across a number through the yellow pages, and it was federal jobs. It was a federal job hotline, much like the website usajobs.com, which – many, many people use today to look for federal jobs. There was a telephone number, like uh, 1-800-FEDERAL-JOBS. And I called it, and it just is a recording of all the federal jobs. So literally, it would start off with accounting, architect, janitor, and it was in alphabetical order. And as you're going through it, I'm sitting there, and it's about a half hour long recorded, because you can imagine how many jobs are in the federal government at any given time. And they came across special agent IRS, and that. And you need an accounting background. And at the end of the recording, there's a beep where you can leave a message and you say who you are and what your address is and what job you're interested in. And then they send you an application. And that's what happened. And they sent me the federal job application. I filled it out, not knowing what a special agent was, not knowing what uh, the criminal investigation division was. I was aware of IRS. I mean, everybody is but that they had a law enforcement uh, division uh, was completely unknown to me. It was completely unknown to my dad. who was a CPA. There's no internet to do any research on it, but it just sounded interesting. So I pursued that, submitted my application. Uh, They then sent me a uh, testing date. You have to pass the treasury enforcement uh, agent's exam. I took that. I must have ranked high enough because I get a call back. And all this takes weeks and weeks and weeks. And so I get a call back. Uh, I must have ranked high enough to get a job interview. After the, Then I went for that, and they offered me a job. This process took about five or six months from the first time I dropped the phone call on the 1-800 number to the day they offered me a job. Uh, it took about six months.
0: Oh, wow. That's uh... – a quite the interview process. I was complaining if a company didn't get back to me in like two or three weeks. So that's...
1: <laughs> yeah, the federal government works quite a bit differently. But I think now with the internet and email and that, um, I think we respond much quicker. But in those days, it was, you know, they, they just slogged it along. And I just hung in there. I, I really felt after uh, taking the test and doing a little bit of research in the library that this job was something I really wanted to pursue and again it was it was pure luck that I called that job line I was pretty desperate at the time just waiting tables it wasn't like I was starving but obviously I was just treading the water and not pers- not moving forward um but again I was still just 22 right out of college and when they offered me the job I took it sort of blindly I I they did let me know that you carry a gun you you know do search warrants and you make arrests and you can do undercover and all these other uh, uh, myriad of things, and I never did consider a law enforcement as as part of my uh, career path. But it, it just worked out, and I I can't tell you how thankful I am that that this serendipity occurred with this 1-800 number because uh, with no recruiters and nobody out there telling me about the job, it it was absolute serendipity.
0: I imagine someday there'll be an IRS CID TV show, uh, but until that happens, would you mind just kind of walking us through kind of what you would do on a day-to-day basis and kind of what that division does? Yes, the the, IR, the special agent position
1: with the IRS Criminal Division, they investigate all violations of the Internal Revenue Code and all related offenses. And so that essentially is what everybody knows about tax evasion, uh, you know, filing a false and subscribing to a false tax return not paying your taxes, you know, criminally not paying, like purposely evading payment. Uh, But that is just a portion of what the IRS does, the special agent uh, position does. We also support all financial crimes. So when I'm doing my investigations, I work everything from uh, mail fraud, wire fraud, Ponzi schemes, mortgage fraud, bankruptcy fraud. We have people on the Joint Terrorism Task Force here. A lot of narcotics. About 20 years of my career was specifically concentrated on narcotics traffickers and money launderers. Um, we just we work out, anything that is greed based, which is the vast majority of crime, is uh, up right up our alley. We follow the money. We are forensic accountants that happen to carry a gun and make arrests. So. It is on a day-to-day basis, you sort of know what you're going to do, but you could literally walk in the office on any given day and things happen that make your entire day flip-flop. And that's really what I've enjoyed so much about the job. You know, when you're out on an audit and you time's up for the day, you know that the next day you're going to return to that same spot, pick up that same document and start from there. Or that same tax return. If you work for you know one of the big fours or any any accounting firm, and that's not the way it is here at, here in the, uh, as a special agent. You think you might know what you're going to do that that day. We do a lot of interviews. We do a lot of sifting through bank records, and that's the beauty of the accounting degree. Uh, what and how it applies to my job. The accounting degree. It, it's not all the FASB stuff. It's not. The, the the actual tax laws that you need to know. The accounting degree teaches you the the uh, accounting cycle, the business cycle of paperwork. And because somewhere in that cycle, if someone's defrauded somebody, somebody's embezzled the money, somebody has used an inflated invoicing scheme, for instance, you need to know the cycle. You need to know how the paperwork flows in order to you know, investigate the crime. Because we investigate the crime, we then take it over to the, and compile the evidence to prove it, and that evidence consists of search warrant documents, subpoena documents, interviews with the perpetrator, as well as all the other individuals in the business cycle, and clients, et cetera. We, we then put that in a, in a report, and we send it to the United States Attorney's Office for prosecution.
0: And out of all of those investigations you've done, were there any that stand out to you that you still remember today that as either surprising or interesting or really difficult? Um, just really any interesting stories you have about an investigation?
1: Yeah. You know, everybody looks back. I, I, I did the job for 28 years, and, and that another big benefit of being federal law enforcement officer is you can retire at age 50. So I started at 22, and 28 years later, I retired. And I have since moved on to something else, but that is very, very similar to what I did. And I I still enjoyed that job right to the day I left. And I can cover that in a a different conversation. But some of the things that stand out, when I was a young agent, I worked a corruption of a a labor union, the, the Longshoremen's Union here in Sacramento, where they were ghosting the payroll. That moved into a casino slot rigging investigation in which people were organized crime was rigging slot machines to pay out hundreds of thousands of dollars, actually millions of dollars over the course of a year. That moved into the investigation of uh, the the president of the Nomad chapter of the Hell's Angels here uh, locally. And that went to trial. That was a four-year case, which then moved me into investigating large-scale smuggling organizations who were moving multi-ton quantities of marijuana from Thailand to the Pacific Coast. Then I worked a false invoicing scheme on Hewlett Packard, a local Hewlett Packard company here in Roseville, California. And that subsequently moved into a, a, a false, my most recent case was a six year investigation of a uh, again, a inflated invoice scheme perpetrated on a leading Indian tribe here uh, in Sacramento in which they own a very large Indian casino and they were defrauded of approximately $20 million. Uh, and then of course, sprinkled in there were other lesser, but fun investigations throughout my career.
0: On an average case, uh, if there is an average case, I guess, uh, how long do you usually work on a case? You said one lasted four years. And while you're working on a single case, do you have other cases you're working on at the same time, or are you just focused very narrowly on on one thing at a time?
1: Again, that depends. But yes, your average case from from start to submission, so from the start of the lead to submission to the United States attorney, takes about 18 months, so about a year and a half. Uh, that's an average case. Some cases are four years or five years, and then of course it hits the judicial system in which you know the courts get involved and there's motion filings and there's hearings and everything then gets you know pushed back. That the, my latest case that I finished regarding the inflated invoicing on this Indian tribe for 20 million, the actual crimes were committed in 2006, 7, and 8, and they just pled guilty in 2016. So we're talking 10 years from the start of the crime to when these guys actually pled guilty and were sentenced and went to jail. So, But again, during that time period, I'm not constantly working just that one case. There may be lulls of six months or eight months where you're not working on it at all as as it works its way through the court process. And so that's why you have other cases. So your average agent carries anywhere from depending on the size of these investigations, anywhere from two to six cases at any given time. And they're in all points of process, anywhere from going to trial to just starting the the numbering package to get the thing fired up.
0: And while you were at the IRS, were you responsible for hiring at all? I was a recruiter, yes. And so when you're going out to either hire new grads or experienced people What are the the top maybe two, three things you're looking for uh, to see if these people will be a good fit for you guys?
1: We primarily focus on accounting graduates, of course. Uh, We give a lot of presentations. When we're hiring, we go out and give presentations to the accounting societies. And from there, we try to develop a rapport with anyone who shows interest. Because as you might imagine, there's a lot of uh, accountants out there who have no interest in carrying a gun, have no interest in in what I'm doing. They're more interested in working for a big firm, uh, one of the big fours, and going in and open up their own firm or whatever. They have no interest in what I'm doing. But the ones that do make themselves known. And what we're looking for, more than grades, because that doesn't really – your knowledge of accounting, again, doesn't really play into my job you just need to know about it. You don't have to be the straight A student. So we're looking more for meet and deal. We're looking for a guy who can talk, who can go out and interview people of all stripes, whether it's street crime guys, whether it's Hells Angels, or whether it's attorneys and corporate executives. So you've got to be able to cross all kinds of of levels of society and be able to relate and and deal with these people uh, in order to be an effective agent.
0: And was that something that was surprising to you when you you first got into your job? I mean, you said you kind of went in knowing about it from an 800 number. Was there anything that that kind of shocked you when you got started? The
1: whole thing shocked me because I I didn't know anything about the job prior to getting it. I don't think anybody would be shocked now because you can just Google special agent, IRS, criminal investigation. There's books written on us now. There's web pages completely centered on my job. But when I started, I had no idea that I was going to be that when I went to college, that I actually had an affinity for it and uh, and, uh, and an enjoyment of it. So uh, I literally, for 28 years, enjoyed waking up every Monday morning and going to work. I never came in here going, ugh, another Monday. Uh, no, I I really enjoyed it, and, and it, was, it was a great career.
0: And looking back now, after you've had a few years of experience, what is something that you would recommend or some advice you would give to, say, your 25-year-old self if you had to uh, maybe give them a call and tell them what to do?
1: I would tell them to know the janitor's name. And by that, I mean know all the people who are at the ground floor, whether it's the janitor, whether it's the guy that brings in the water bottles, replaces the water bottles, delivers the the copier paper, the copy of the repairman, uh, the UPS driver, get to know these people, get to know the names of their kids. It, it really is telling that how you treat people really tells it all. And it, it has, reflects upon your integrity. And integrity is everything, especially in my job. And in all jobs, actually. So I would say, you know, treat these people who many would consider at the bottom. Treat them as equals. Get to know these people. Uh, that would have been great advice if, when I was starting out. Because you just never know. You really just never know whether these people will come in later or whether you end up being one of these people at some point in time. So uh, that would be my advice.
0: And earlier you mentioned one of the benefits of the IRS is retiring at 50. Um, and you mentioned you retired a little, little bit ago, and now you're moved on to something else. What are you up to today? I retired right at age 50
1: on my birth month and took a job with a company that has a contract with the federal government in which they hire retired special agents as financial investigators or forensic accountants. And they contract with federal agencies to use these people like myself, who they've hired, some these financial investigators, to track to track and trace assets and prosecute people from specifically money laundering. So my job is to follow the money, bad money, criminal proceeds into assets, uh, houses, commercial properties, cars whatever bad guys buy and take them them from them and on top of taking it from them prosecute these people for laundering the money as well as for the underlying crime so i essentially do the same job as i always was as a special agent but i collect my pension and i'm paid on top of it so i left for because it was more lucrative but at the same time i do almost the exact same job. I just don't carry a gun and I'm not a law enforcement officer any longer.
0: And working with money laundering, it's one of those things, you see it on TV or you, you see it in the, the movie Office Space where they can't figure out how to do it. And it's one of those things that everybody kind of hears about when they're going through accounting school, but nobody ever really knows kind of what, what that actually is. And you kind of watch us through, it's, it's a lot of following the paper trail and knowing kind of how the accounting processes should go. Are there any other... Did you take any specific training or did you get any certifications or did you just kind of pick this up as you went along uh, kind of working for those 28 years?
1: Well, since I started in 1982, there were no money laundering laws that, when I was hired. Uh, money laundering was completely legal. There There's no statutes outlawing it. Then in 1986, so I've been on the job about four years, they passed the Anti-Drug Abuse Act of 1986, which outlawed money laundering. And they, you know, they passed approximately 12 statutes where if you do certain financial transactions with illegal money, uh, then you could be prosecuted for money laundering. So I got into it on the ground floor. I, in 1986, I picked up those statutes and I studied them. There was no training. There was nothing. You just picked up the statutes, read them, and tried to apply them so since that time of course there are training uh, courses and there's material out there uh there's i am certified there's a certification there's the um association of certified anti-money laundering specialists Uh, i am one of those there it's a, a test much much like a cfe or cpa you have to take a test and you have to have the requisite experience to even qualify um, but I pretty much learned it on, the, on my own, and in fact, I now, and have been for many years, I give uh, training on money laundering. That's that's what my specialty is. I am, in fact, a money laundering expert. I testify at trial, uh, always for the government, regarding what is money laundering and uh, how it's applied.
0: Is that training available to the public, or is that only for uh, federal agents?
1: Our training is specifically for the federal government. And it is open to other federal law enforcement agencies like the FBI and DEA, but not to the general public, no. Now, the ACAMS certification, that's that uh, certified anti-money laundering specialist, is open to the public, but you pretty much have to have uh, some type of financial experience, whether it's working in a bank or being in the finance world.
0: While we were chatting off Mike, Rick mentioned that the big tech firms in the Bay Area are constantly trying to hire away IRS forensic accountants. That was news to me because I had no idea they had any use for them. So it sounded really interesting. And since we're so focused on unique accounting careers this season, I had to stop him and ask a few questions about that.
1: We continue to lose agents in the Bay Area to these startups and to these you know, to Google and to Facebook because they all have investigative units and they want us. You know, they want forensic accountants, people that can follow the money and solve the crime and get it, put a, put a report together that a DA or U.S. attorney will, will jump on. So they do similar work. So it's still fun, but um, they don't have the pension, but then they make more. So they, they you know, slap it in your 401k is their thought.
0: That's I didn't know all those. Why do those firms have like an investigative division? Are they getting that that many issues uh, with like money laundering and stuff? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. They're always always getting, uh, you know, intrusions, you know, uh, whether it's I've got a a good friend that works for Google uh, and she was a special agent with us and left about three years ago, I guess. And she's in their investigative uh, international investigations and they're constantly getting hit you know, with weird, I mean, she, she's, uh, she'd be fascinating for you to talk to, actually. She, she's got stories on how ingenious people are in attacking Google, uh, just Google itself. And, um, she's turned some cases over to us to try to get them prosecuted. I mean, it's, it's amazing. You know, they'll do, uh, ads, you know, they have AdSense. I don't know if you know what that is. That's advertising.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, False clicks and stuff.
1: yeah, all the all the clicks, people will uh, hijack them and send the money over to their account instead. They'll hack in, find the people's password, or have the ads up, and then they will have the checks diverted to them into their bank accounts, and then they'll move those move the money immediately to a series of bank accounts, which makes it almost impossible to follow before it disappears overseas or whatever. And then, of course, PayPal—they have their own investigative unit because. Same thing. people are hijacking other people's accounts, laundering money. Uh, we had an agent recently retired and he's working for uh, Walmart, international investigations for Walmart because they're getting ripped, you know whether it's uh, theft out of the back or mostly it's, it's some type of uh, more sophisticated scheme because they, they want forensic accounts. They want uh, investigators. They don't want just auditors because so auditing and forensic accounting are, can be somewhat similar, but they're completely different. So uh, there's a lot of jobs out there in those markets. You know Anything that has any advertising where they can be victimized, whether it's Google, whether it's uh, Facebook. In- and then, of course, you have companies like Intel, where guys are just stealing the product out of the warehouses and then se- selling them on eBay. And these are chips, you know, like, Twenty and $30,000 electronic components. Uh, then, you know, of course, San Jose is just marked with these big Fortune 500 companies. There's, you know, Striker Robotics, which is, they make those robotic arms for surgery. And people steal from them and then sell it online, you know. And then it's all about, when you're selling it online, they're using fake names they're using fake everything's fake. So the investigator has to peel back that onion and find out, because if you can follow the money, you'll eventually find the guy, and that's what we do. And that's why they hire special agents to work in their their jobs. So, but her jobs fascinating. I mean, i at least I think it
0: is. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I, I mean, just like you were saying, people don't realize that your division at the IRS existed. I didn't know companies had like their own investigators going.
1: Oh yeah! In fact, the only reason I'm aware of it is because when you retire from this job, you're always looking for. You know, 50s young to retire, so you collect them as pension, and then you're like, well, I can go out and make more money. I mean, we have guys who go to Iraq and Afghanistan and, and looking at the theft of our foreign aid going to these countries where corruption is extremely high, and they're paid really good. They're paid hazard pay. They're put up in the green zone, and that's what they do. They follow the money, even well, you know, overseas. I think we're having an agent leave us pretty soon to go and do that. Actually, he's going to retire and do
0: that. That is really interesting. I, (laughs) that might be a little more adventurous than I have in me, but that's, that's really cool to hear about. All right. Well, Rick, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but is there anything I didn't ask you about today that you want to make sure that uh, we get across to the audience listening today?
1: I would just say that to anybody who's entering any of these job fields is follow your heart, follow your instincts. I, it, it paid off for me. I, I knew that accounting wasn't exactly what I wanted. The, you know, the traditional accounting wasn't, wasn't what I wanted. I tried it for a little while. And rather than just sit there and slog through, you know, 30 or 40 years of, of accounting that I knew I wasn't going to enjoy, I I dumped it and I found something else. And you just have to have that confidence. You have to Fake it till you make it. And, um, you know, I'm not talking about a false bravado, but just have confidence that these things will fall into place. They have for me, they have for many other people, My both my daughters, it, it's worked out. Just so, you know, you may have to work that job for a while that you don't like, but definitely make that move if, if it uh, it isn't right for you.
0: Yeah, I can't argue with any of that. All right, Rick, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. Uh, My pleasure. Thank you, Bob. That's it for today, folks. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to head over to AbacusShow.com, where you can listen to all of our past shows and subscribe to automatically receive every single new episode. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.